You are listening to The Music Room with Aileen Miracle and Katie Manici. Welcome to episode 81 of The Music Room with Aileen Miracle and Katie Manici. All right. We are super excited to start the year back up. And in fact, the title of this podcast episode is Starting the Year in the Music Room. So first of all, Katie, how are you doing? Good. I was kind of uh, taken aback by episode 81. Well done. I know. I know. That's a lot, right? Getting up there. <laughs> yeah. All right. So how was your summer? You know, ups and downs. It was it was overall really good. And I think more restful than the last couple of summers where a lot of our energy was spent mentally playing through what the fall would look like. Yes. And this year there was less of that. So overall, much more restful. How about yeah, you? Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like I spent so much time of the previous two summers just talking through what the next year would look like. And mm-hmm. I didn't really do that this year. So Yeah, it was restful, definitely in that way. I created and launched a planning course for music teachers. So that was a big part of my summer. And that went well. I've done that in the past. It's a great course. This one is actually brand new. Oh, how is it different? It's all about like long range planning. So creating year plans, creating monthly plans, and then like getting ready for the school year and then like tracking or, you know, kind of planning out all of your assessments, planning out all of your like specifically how to lesson plan. So yeah. Got it. That's so cool. And I think, you know, I utilized your course last time kind of for the year plan. So yes, you did. um, Yeah, I kind of went in that direction anyway, but I think that's really cool. Yeah. So that was definitely a big part of my summer, but you know, just we have a pool. So we enjoyed the pool a lot. Yeah. And then my husband and I took a trip to Sandusky, just the two of us went to Cedar Point, which is always really fun. Yeah. You know, had some time for the two of us. So yeah, it was relaxing. We did that big trip to Disney. You went to Disney recently too. Yes. We did Universal. Oh, that's right. We did Mm -hmm. Universal. We actually spent more time at Universal, but yeah. So since that's a pretty big trip, we didn't do any big trips this summer. Did you? Same. Yeah. Our bigger trip was earlier in the year. And then we had planned on Italy in May of 2020. So that obviously didn't get to happen. So we decided to kind of lay low this summer because next year we'll rebook that. Oh, good. So yeah, we we almost thought about this summer and I'm glad we didn't because we were just not sure what the world climate would be. And well, and just I think next year we'll feel better. Yes, exactly. So I think it was probably the right choice. And you went to the Dublin Irish Festival. I have to know how many shirts did you sweat through? Because <laughs> I guess we it were so hot. <laughs> we made it like an hour and a half, and I was like, I don't normally think of myself as this delicate, but I am not enjoying myself, and oh I must leave. <laughs> well, okay, so yeah, so Macy is doing Irish dancing lessons, and her so cool. Yeah, was dancing at 3.30 and call time was 2.45. So we decided, you know what, let's just go early. We'll get lunch. We'll make sure we have good parking. You know, we're kind of nervous about just like, there's supposed to be so many people there. Like, what is parking going to look like? Are we going to be able to find everything? Okay, so we went early and we found parking fine. We got into the festival and then like, I don't know, 15 minutes into just walking around trying to find the stage, it started raining and at first it wasn't that bad, but then at some point, like it rained a little bit. And then we found the stage and we got some lunch and we sat and then it poured like mm-hmm. crazy. And then like, they were shutting everything down. Like they weren't selling food. They weren't selling water, like nothing because 
there was supposedly lightning in the area. We never really heard. I mean, there was like distant rumbles of thunder, but. I only live 10 minutes away. I call shenanigans on yeah. the lightning. <laughs> yes. And then like it was supposed to be all clear and then another storm popped up and then it poured again. And it was so funny because we we're sitting in a like one of those big tents and they were taking like like a it looked like a pool brush and they were like pushing the roof of the tent to get the water <laughs> off of it. And it was like yes. a shower of rain kept coming down. It was really funny. Yeah. So I still then- think you might have had a better experience because we went earlier. We got there around 11 a.m. And the humidity was just like 90%. It was so bad. And we thought, well, if we go before lunch, it'll still be kind of cool. So I I think maybe you had a better experience because it rained. Well, it's so funny because it felt good while it was raining. Like when we were just getting sprinkled on, I'm like, oh, it kind of feels nice. And then after it rained, it just got all steamy again. So yeah. And then like there are a lot of people in the tent watching the show and Everything went well with the performance. Maisie had a good time. She did well. And then we left and we took her to the, there's this area where they have like super games. Yes. I took Nina over there too. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that was definitely fun. But it just, it got so hot after it rained that, yeah, by the time I got back to the car, we got back to the car, I was just like soaking with sweat. But yeah, Yeah. it was was a good experience, but also like... (laughs) It was a lot. Yeah. I just don't, I don't handle those situations well. And I'm not really a fair person. Like fairs and festivals. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. They're just not my jam. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I I, I want to like them. Mood. Yeah. I have to be in the right mood, I think. In this one, it was kind of forced on us. We had to. Yes. But, but I'm so glad she's enjoying that. Yes. All right. So. Let's talk about something new that we learned this summer. <laughs> so I'm going to say it's not like a huge thing, but okay. So this past spring, I started using Airtable to index my picture books because oh, cool. Yeah. I realized that like, oh my gosh, my bookshelves were just in total disarray and I had started off alphabetizing my picture books, but then like I would go to a book fair or something and get picture books and then just put them in a stack and not categorize them. And then I started running out of room to alphabetize and all that. So they were a mess. So I like thinned them out. Like I took out books that I'd never used Mm -hmm. and I alphabetized them again and also put them into categories. So like all my songbooks were together and you know, that kind of thing. And then I decided, you know, I love using Airtable. Maybe I should try to use Airtable to index all my picture books. And I'm so glad I did that because like, it's going to be so much easier to, to lesson plan because like, let's say you mm-hmm. have like a part of a lesson. You're like, oh, I could put a picture book in here and it's a first grade lesson. Well, what book should I use? I can actually index by like grade level. I can go, I want looking for all my first grade books and it'll pull all of them up and I can pick something without being in front of my picture book library. And I actually right in the same way that you would do your retrieval index. Yes, exactly. Very cool. I was actually thinking I should put all of my retrieval songs, all my folk songs from my collection Mm -hmm. into air an updated index. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so I was excited to figure that out and to get my picture books more organized. And through the course, we just got talking, like some of the people who are taking the course got talking about like, well, how do you kind of figure out which, not picture books, but like teacher resources to use, like, Mm -hmm. you know, purposeful pathways or 
Godai Today or like any of those or, you know, American Methodology or anything like that. Like we have all these books and how do you remember which ones to use when or whatever? And I was like, oh, well, I should do the same thing I did with Airtable or with picture books. I should also do with my teacher resources. So that's kind of my project for the beginning of this year is to start pulling all of my teacher resources into Airtable And then again, like if you have 10 minutes of a lesson, you're trying to figure out what to do. I want to do some movement, but I don't know what to do. I can, okay, where are my Delcro's resources and kind of pull those. And you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like not just like index the resources themselves, but like index ideas from the resources, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that makes total sense. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I still need to go through the weeding process of the teacher resources at my building because last year was really the first year that it was officially mine and there's just so much. Yeah. I really need to spend the time. So I feel like I can't even index until I properly weed. Yes. You know, but I think that's that's a great long-term goal. Yeah. It's like I said the picture book index has already been really helpful to me, so I'm excited. Well, and I wonder if, if Airtable would extend itself because we've even talked as a team that it'd be nice to know what everyone has in case someone wanted to try something out. So if we got to a point where we all had an index yes. that was available to each other, that yeah, would be to, like next level. Yeah. I'd have to see like, if you're on the free account, how many people right. like share it with. So yeah, you I should try it with me. Cause I'm a free account. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. 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 That would be good. Yeah. So Airtable is a free tool by the way, but there's also a paid plan. So for those of you listening, mm-hmm. if you go to airtable.com, you can sign up for a free account. I will also put, I have like a referral link that is no cost to you, but I do get a little kickback from Airtable if you click oh, it. Oh, cool. So I can put that in the show notes, but yeah, it's a free tool and there are additional features you can get with a paid plan, but you can do a lot with a free plan. So yeah, that's great. I'll have to experiment with that. What about you? What was something new you learned this summer? Well, you know, I kind of, I kind of pivoted from that question when I was thinking about your your outline before we spoke. And I, I really, you know, I, I shared with you, I kind of hit the top of our pay scale in our district last summer. And mm-hmm. so I really, I, I finally felt comfortable enough to give myself just a little bit of the opportunity to just rest. And so what I focused on more than learning anything new for my classroom was more of how I could benefit the district. And so in the spring, I wrote a grant for which you and I have written grants for before through our, our mm-hmm. district um, education foundation, which is run by parents and community members. And we received the grant so that every Yay! stage, yes, every stage in our building. And we've talked about this before when you and I have chatted, because this used to be my, my instructional space was the stage. Uh-huh. We have six different teachers that travel amongst the 16 elementary buildings and teachers like Aileen and I for those that are listening, are very much of the mindset that it belongs to the school, it belongs to the kids, it doesn't belong to just us, right? So when I when I was your traveler, I never felt uncomfortable asking for something. But it doesn't change the fact that when you're right in the middle of a lesson, it's still hard, even though you're just sharing a door, mm-hmm. to like prop the door open, go grab what you need, right, and then come back. And so the idea was, how can we truly see that instructional space for what it is, not as a stage, but as a classroom? So Now, every single stage will have access to eight ukuleles, rhythm sticks, boom whacker sets, that kind of stuff. So yeah, and and each of our stages will have their own copy of game plan for grades three and four. Oh, that's Um, awesome. 
Yes, I'm really excited. So, you know, it wasn't necessarily about forcing people to use anything or anything like that or forcing people to do centers. It was more just saying like, this is just a piece of equity we can offer right, as a starting point. And so what's cool is we'll be able to use that as a springboard for our district professional development this year, which is actually on engagement. So how can we engage with the new materials on the stage? is going to be a great, you know, way for us to like springboard lessons. Like, okay, I've got these ukuleles. Let's, let's hive mind it. Like, how are we going to do that? So that was kind of a cool motivation. Like, I feel like that's a really nice legacy piece that, that like those things are now going to live on the stage. And then going forward, the building central office person, as well as our instructional technology chair are going to be working with us to see how we could retrofit the stages to be more of a classroom. So that's kind of a longer term piece that's now getting kicked into motion because of that grant. Yeah. So that's really wordy, but I, I feel really good about it. So I spent so much time on that, that I was just, I said to you earlier, I just feel comfortable in my skin enough. We've been at this a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I feel like teaching is something I can do. So I was able to focus on this other piece that maybe will help our colleagues. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so so it'll be interesting. So I'm kind of I'm kind of in charge of that now. So trying to figure yeah. out the best way to not micromanage but also check in on that and it's yeah. been fun to research little things and and just kind of feel like like the Oprah of teaching materials. <laughs> like it's going to be like here the ukulele. Yeah, you get the ukulele. Everybody gets a ukulele. <laughs> So I know it's not exactly my direct learning, but I'm hoping that it creates some excitement in our team. Yeah, that's great. All right. So what the school year will look like, I'll go ahead and start. I bet some of this is going to be similar for you than it is for me. So for sure. I have not heard anything about distancing. Have you? No. Like social distancing? Okay. No, I don't think it's going to be a requirement at all. But I, I, you know, seeing what you're about to say, you and I are in alignment. Yes. Yeah. So there's not social distancing required, but I was of the thinking that like having them sit how I used to have them sit pre-COVID was going to be too squished. And I went into school last week. And the custodian immediately let me know like, oh, there's a carpet in your room. If you want to take it, if you don't, you don't have to use it. I mean, I was thinking like, yeah, I probably don't want to use it. But I went into my room and Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know how I can have like 28 at most kids sit on that carpet. Like it is not big enough, you know? No. Um, And I think like Nathan, our colleague, the one who travels to my building, he uses two carpets and I think he has the right idea because at least if you use two carpets, then you can spread the students out more. But having all of the students on that one carpet, I was like, no, I'm just going to go with what I was doing before. So last year I bought a Cricut, one of the newer, like the mm-hmm. Cricut Explore Air 2, because I kept hearing people say that that's a good way to make vinyl kind of like sit spots, but they're made out of vinyl and you put them to the, on the floor. So I bought one and The way that I first made my sit spots is I had a circle. It's about like five and a quarter inches is I think the size of mine. And I put like Mm -hmm. a musical symbol on the inside of them. And then, Mm -hmm. I don't know, a few months into the year, you may have had the same experience, Katie. I think you did. (laughs) I I sure did. (laughs) (laughs) 
I realized that that having the musical symbol, even though it's really cute when you put it down, like, you know, an eighth, eighth notes or treble clef or whatever, or P for piano, having that symbol is cute, but it makes it much easier for the students to pick at it. Now, of course, I told the students to not pick at it, but I honestly, I would watch them do it. And I feel like they were in a trance. They didn't know they were doing it. 1000%. They were just like stimming. Yes. It was just like the self, they weren't trying to be disrespectful to my property. It was just something to do. So we just cannot have nice things. I agree. Mine are going to be a solid circle. Yeah. So that's what I did maybe about three quarters of the way through the year last year. I was like, oh, wait, (laughs) I need to not have symbols. They just need to be plain circles. And then, and I noticed that there was less picking when I put the plain circle down. So that's what I decided to do for this year. I have vinyl spots down that I made with my Cricut that are just plain circles. And I have like each row is a different color, but then I repeat some colors. So it matches the, the, you know, the color scheme in my room. And it's interesting because I thought at first, like I had my spots three feet apart last year because we had three feet distancing. And I thought, well, maybe I'll try to make them a little bit closer because there's not a requirement. But when I tried to put them a little bit closer, I was like, no, that's too close. It's just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then I realized that actually last year I did do a little bit larger than three feet apart. Well, you know, I think that makes sense because the first time I tried to do three feet, I truly wasn't thinking about the fact that I went three feet between each dot, but that's not really three feet from human to human, right? Yes. It took me a little while to like process the spatial awareness of that, right? So uh, when I had three feet apart, like especially with some of my larger classes where there were like split classes and I had 28 first graders or whatever, like it really, their bodies took up like the entire room. So because I just did three feet instead of like three and a half or whatever I did last year, it takes up a little bit less space. And then I was really excited. I feel like I got this idea from someone else, but okay. So the way that I used to do things pre-COVID was to have kindergarten and first grade, which is kind of like we would sing as we came into the room and wind into a circle. And then we would just sit Mm -hmm. wherever we sat down and they didn't really have assigned seats. Mm-hmm. Sometimes with first grade, I would give them a row spot. So like it was easier to do board work. And then with grades two to five, I always would have them sit in rows. Well, then COVID happened. And last year, everybody was in assigned seats and rows because of contact tracing. So Correct. this year, I decided to put down a different shape. I have stars, gold stars in the shape of a circle. It's really more like an oval because <laughs> I wasn't perfect with it. I'm still going to play with it. But it's like, the shape of a circle-ish with stars. So I have rows that are circles and then I have circle that is stars. So what I like about that is I can have kindergarten come and sit in a circle the whole time. Yeah. First grade could sit in circle or rows. And then like second through fifth grade will come in and sit in rows. But then if I say to them, okay, everyone make a circle, find a star. That's going to be a really easy way to make a circle. Yes. We call it the potato. The potato. Yes. <laughs> that is really what it looks like. It looks like a potato. <laughs> No, I, you and I are in alignment with all those things. Like that is exactly the same setup that I'm going with, especially because for me, my classes are going to be, my largest classes will be 30 or 31. Oh, wow. It's going to be tight. Yeah. So I think that's all great. And you're thinking, you're thinking you're going to have some clubs like I did as well, but no big programs. Yeah. So I was going to do like a third grade program just do a little bit of program. But then when I reached out to my principal, he really liked the clubs. So, and I, I appreciate, like, I think he's all into like 
agency and choice and students being able yep. to do something that they really love. So he loved that Nathan and I did those clubs last year. We did like a ukulele club and a hand chimes club and a world music drumming club. And we also had choir in the second yeah. year. My principal really loved that. So yeah, so I sent him an email like, okay, well, I could do a third, I could add a little bit of program back in. We could do a third grade program. And he's like, he was like, I'm not really opposed to it, but like, you don't have, like, we could just stick with these clubs. I think they're really great. So I guess that's what we're doing. What about you? I think I probably will do a couple programs, but I think they're all going to be very intentional. One of the things that was successful last year was that the week of Camp Skeeter, my first graders were invited to a family night outside. So our district calls it Camp Skeeter as in Mosquito, which took me at least a year to figure out what a Skeeter was (laughs) because I am a city girl and I didn't understand Right. (laughs) But they do a week of in-class camp and typically the music teacher is sort of voluntold or or somewhat expected to teach some camp songs, which I love because it's sort of theatery and I love that stuff. Mm -hmm. So we did a family night outside and I felt great about that. So that's something I feel comfortable doing for sure. And then I think our third graders... I'm thinking I'm going to be building a program based off of the book, All Are Welcome Here. And then they'll perform at our building's diversity night. Oh, cool. Um, Great book. So, so, you know, it's, you know, it'll, it'll bring in some, some people that maybe wouldn't have attended, Right. you know, it'll be quick. And I think like you and I had started moving towards some of it will be like pre-recorded video. mixed in with performance so that there's less transition and less like, you know, mixing of, of students and that kind of stuff. So some of it I can do beforehand. And I think that'll, that'll make it a little more manageable. And then I think fifth grade will do some sort of culminating event because they're fifth graders, but, but I think my fours, twos and K's, I'm not going to worry about. which I think is probably appropriate. And I'm thankful that I have an administrator that doesn't expect every grade level to have a traditional performance. So, and I should say that we are also going to be performing. I'm going to have the fourth graders perform at the, our cultural connection. So we're going to do like bucket drumming and world music drumming. So there will be like a performance there. And then, yeah, I was looking at having fifth grade do like maybe just a song at their graduation. Sure. Um, my friend Lesia, I don't, did you teach a song with me before? Yes. Yeah, it was yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. I think, did we teach maybe Einstein together or Gift no. in this Present? Gift in this Present. Okay. So she's got a few really wonderful songs. So I thought about, she has a song called Fearless that I think would be cool. fifth grade. And I have taught it to fifth grade before and they did really like it. So, you know, and anytime you can have a song that fifth graders really like is it's good. <laughs> That's a win. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have some stuff, but yeah, not, I mean, it used to be what I used to do pre-COVID was like, I had kindergarten graduation. I had first grade informances, second grade performed a cultural connection, third and fourth grade had a program. They were different programs and they were on the same night. And then fifth grade had had its own program. Like we had something for everyone on top of choir, on top of when I used to teach band. So we'll still have two choir concerts like one in the winter and one in the spring, but yeah, not a huge like grade level musical program, I guess. So, yeah. And I think I'll still probably do an in-class recital. And I think for kindergarten, we might, we may still do like, you know, maybe a parent week or something like that. Like those things I don't consider like a formal program. So, I mean, I suppose there's something for everyone, but I try to keep it as calm as possible. And you and I are both moms, so we get it. Like sometimes putting one more thing on the counter feels like an obligation, not a joy. 
Right. And I don't, I don't want to be a reason that someone feels overscheduled. So I think it's important for kids to have that opportunity. And I know parents love to see their kids on stage, but, but it's okay. And in our district, a lot of the kids have the opportunity to seek those, those performance spaces on their own. You know, a lot of our kids are in dance or other things. So I feel less pressure in our demographic to offer that to every kid, you know, cause I just don't know that the, that the need is there, you know, you've got to look at your building and, and what's yeah. needed. We also are so far past capacity that it's insane. We are two yeah. students away from having to close our school district wide to any new students because we have too many kids. Yeah. That's crazy. So many children. Yeah. And that's okay. You're 31 per class. That's so much. Yeah. It's not so every many... class, is it? No, but we are, we already have one split grade level and we're also at six sections of kindergarten, which is our max. So we are too. Um, I think yeah, so we are. So yeah. we we're full. Yeah. And that's okay. That just means you pace yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Okay. So let's move on to first day lessons, what we are planning for the first day or the first week of school. So for the first time, I think ever, I actually have to miss the first day of school because Jenna is going to be moving into college at Ohio University. That's crazy. How exciting. I know. And of course I can't miss that. So I'll have a sub on that day, unfortunately, but you know, then fortunately I get to help her move into college. So that's fun. But what I'm planning- That's important. It is. Yeah. So what I'm planning on doing is uh, in the past few years I've done, uh, and I'm sure I've talked about this before in the podcast, but I've done like a PowerPoint with embedded audio that has things like the routines, like what to do if you have to use the restroom and what we'll do at the beginning of music class, what we'll do at the end of music class. So, you know, that just all the different routines that you have to teach on the first day. I have like a PowerPoint that I put together and I put embedded audio in there. And what I love about that is I can like record it one time of me just reading the slide. And then when students come to me, I can just hit play on the audio instead of talking and talking and talking and talking the entire first week. There's just so much talking. Yes. So definitely appreciate that. So I'll be doing that again. And then what I typically do with, with all the grade levels, like some kind of name game, we go over the routines and we get into some musical activities. So with kindergarten, first and second grade, I'll be doing rickety rackety, which is just this simple little name game where the students keep the study beat on their lap and you go rickety rackety rackety ree. Will you say your name for me? Aileen. And then they all repeat Aileen. Of course, I would be saying this, mm-hmm. beautiful, but then we go on to the next student and every student around the room gets to say their name and then we all repeat their name. And, and then you can also use it for like clapping the word rhythm of your name in a later lesson. But yeah, it's just a simple name game and it helps me start to learn their names. And then I'll be doing a follow me, like a beat keeping activity with one of my favorites, Root Beer Rag by Billy Joel. Love that one. Love it. And then with grades three to five, the name game that I always love to do is jump in, jump out. Super fun. And then I I created a would you rather set this summer. That's fun. Yeah. So I will be, I can link to that in the show notes too. I will be doing that with the students. It comes with like slides that have a bunch of slides that have questions on them. Like, would you rather play the clarinet or the saxophone? Like a lot of them are music related, but then it also has like a video that's like a randomizer video. So like you can hit play and then hit pop, you know, let it like the questions just go through really quickly. Then you hit pause and it pauses on a question and then the students can answer that question. So, yeah. And then I'm 
yeah, a little review of Melody with grades three to five as well. So that's what I have for the first week. What about you? Well, I also absolutely adore making those slides for routines, norms in general, with embedded audio. I also include just because the last couple of years have been inconsistent, like who plays what instrument? So I kind of established like, yes, the keyboards are out, but you might not play it until, you know, you're in um, second grade or whatever. And yeah, that's you know, the ukuleles are for fourth and fifth graders and what clubs might be available and that kind of stuff. So I like to include that too, because those are big questions the kids ask. And our district has been shifting the instrumental focuses foci to a sixth grade start over the last couple of years. So there are still a few kids that ask like, is there a band? No, yeah. there's not. Right. Is there, you know, will we have strings? Well, the fifth graders will have that opportunity this year, but it's the last year that'll be something offered at elementary. And that's a really good point. I'm going to steal that. Yeah, please do. Because okay. yeah, I have embedded audio because of you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and you know, like last year I explained things like, will we have programs? Probably not, but mm. here are some ways that you're going to be able to share your work. So I, like I started one of the, the norms was that you will have a Schoology course that I will, I will keep updated. And, you know, I have enough kids that over breaks and over the weekends will tell me that they use those links from class. Some of them play school at home, you know, and like, yeah, I, I think it's so sweet and it doesn't take that much work for me now. It's kind of part of my routine myself. So I'm probably going to establish with them, like, this is how you find that Schoology course. And this is what it looks like. And just very quickly go over that so that the kids know that there's going to be a place that they can find previous lessons. And, and a lot of my stuff has audio embedded, you know, like me singing the song or whatever. So if they forget how a song goes, they can go and click on it. So, um, so I like to include that because I want them to feel that they have a little bit of autonomy right away. And of course, a name game is always good. I love rickety rackety. Mm -hmm. I also love, I mentioned it before with you, rich ratch with the third, fourth graders, because it gets them singing right away. And it's great for, it goes rich ratch, Philly, boom, 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 Philly, boom, 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 Philly, boom, boom. Boom, rich, rich, Philly, boom, 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 Philly, boom, 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 Philly, boom. And so I, I add in like a movement for each rich, rich, they hop for each boom, boom, boom. They tap their lap, their hands, and then out. So like it's a partner game. Okay. So they can learn it so quickly because it's only a few words and then the movement piece of it. And then we play it with audiation. So I'll say, okay, now I only want you to think anytime there's a rich ratch, do the movement, but don't sing it, you know? So it's like just really quick engagement. And then I think I'm going to use that with the older students because the younger ones, I can make an easy game by just playing chord progressions. But I think this year I'm going to add on to, to that little melody by saying, okay, by the end of the song, be standing on a star or by the end of the song, be standing on one of the circles, right? So because I want them to get used to movement in the room and spatial awareness, because I just feel like that's something they really lost during COVID. So we're still kind of building back up to that. For sure. Being comfortable moving around the room, being comfortable having a partner. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to touch hands, that's fine. But how could you show that instead of, you know, and still not make the person that you're working with feel uncomfortable? Maybe you don't want to clap hands and that's fine. But also, you know, let's do the gesture so that like you're not making that person feel like 
they're icky or right. <laughs> so, so I was going to use that a little bit as a way to get used to different shapes in the room. Whereas with the little ones, I think I'm just going to play like some pentatonic melodies and say, when you hear the music stop, be on a star, you know, right. um, or even hold up the shape and say like, you should be standing on this shape or you should yeah. be standing on this color and see if they can find different places around the room. But I mean, obviously very similar to yours because we've taught together. So yeah. Um, and where you're reviewing melody, I like to review rhythm just because I feel like it's a an entry point for a lot of kids that might yes. not be ready to sing the first day. Yes. And that's actually typically what I do. I typically do start with rhythm. I think just the way the lesson, like the song I first chose, like, oh, this would be a good song to start for to start with for whatever reason oh yeah oh well this would be better for melody so that's why and I do feel like after having them back for a year and singing more last year than they did the year before that we could be okay but I'll let you know (laughs) yes maybe maybe I will say it would be better to start with rhythm because that's typically what I do but well and that's what I've liked about using that particular Rich Ratch song, which I think was actually from Game Plan. One of my friends, Kristen Jarzaki, introduced me to it years okay. ago. And um, I, I like it because they're moving enough and it's simple enough that a lot of them will start singing without awareness of singing. Yes. So so it's a nice one for the upper grades because it just kind of sneaks it in and it's so simple. And mm-hmm. if you mess it up, the words kind of feel like nonsense. So it doesn't, you know, yes. I think it's actually maybe Swedish or I, I'd have to look up my my notes on it, but I, I think it actually has some meaning, but it's been a while since I checked in on that. So yeah, if I, if I think of it, I'll send it to you. Yeah, but but yeah, great. so very similar. Awesome. All right. So that's the first week of school. Okay. Something new we are going to try this year. I'm excited for you. I see hip hop on your list. Yeah. So our colleague Jason presented, I don't know, maybe two years, years ago. Past. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About his hip hop unit. And it was you know, I think he had like Google, a bunch of Google slides he put together with Bitmojis and it was super fun. And I was inspired by that and wanted to do a hip hop unit with my fifth graders. And I just, with everything that, you know, went on with COVID and all that just didn't get to it. Mm-hmm. So I am going to revisit his slides and see what I want to pull from that. And then last, I don't know, maybe my last birthday or last Christmas, I got a picture book, I think from my husband, because I put it on my Amazon wish list called When the Beat Was Born. I love that one. Okay. You've done it with students? Yes. Okay, cool. And we had a colleague a few years ago, he has actually left the district, but he read it at a PD day. Yeah, like I remember that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's a, it's a great, great book. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. I want to bring that into it. And then I found a really cool escape room. That's a hip hop escape room. Oh, how fun. That I bought during the Teachers Pay Teachers Sale by uh, Band Directors Talk Shop. I might need that link. That sounds yeah. really fun. And I will put it in the show notes as well. Yeah. So it's really fun. And it's, you know, I've made a lot of escape rooms. So it's also just kind of fun to see. There are so many different ways you can make an escape room or you could. And I have yet to do one because this oh is really only the second year that I've had enough space to do it. Right. Because the stage was really tight. So, yeah. So this one is actually all in a Google form, but it has some really cool interactive pieces to it. And students are still working in small groups. A lot of times when I've done an escape room, it's like they have five tasks to go to and some of them are on their Chromebook and some of them are, you know, hands-on manipulatives or whatever that they have to do. And then they get a letter, they take the five letters, they unscramble the letters to make a word. This is, um, it's a little bit different than the way I've done it before, but it looks super engaging. So yeah, I will definitely send you that link. And put How it fun. 
So, and then like, what I really like is after the, they're done with the escape room, then they have a bunch of like videos they can visit that are different hip hop. I assume school appropriate. I'm going to check them out, but in our students, our students in our district can't go to YouTube. So I will be definitely be putting some of these into the platform that we use. And I already have a hip hop folder on the platform oh, do we you? use. So okay. if you need anything, cause I really spent, like I took a deep dive because oh, that's great. You know, even I, I took out anything, even with innuendo, you know, like yes. it was tough. And and I made sure that anything that I pulled in, even though there's a lot of innuendo and folk music too, but you know, I feel like the more contemporary it is, the more likely they'll bring it home and someone's going to unpack it for them yeah. in maybe a negative <laughs> way. So, so, you know, I mean, we can Lucy lock it all day long and nobody's going to know it's about what right. it's about, but us, but you know, like even with like TLC, what about your friends is 100% appropriate, but in the video they're wearing condoms. So like on their oh. clothes, right. Do you remember this? Like, no, this, like, weird, there was like a weird cultural movement, pretty much just TLC, but in their videos, they were like supposed to be like body positive and sex positive at the time. So they would like wear condoms, like safety pin to themselves. So I just found like, Oh, cover, I don't you know? remember like, that at all. And I was like, I don't think any of our kids are going to like, look up. What about your friends beyond what I've put on Schoology? I think it's safe for me to just put right. the album cover, you know, like, but you know, but the song is totally fine and it has a great right. message. So yeah, there, there was definitely a lot of research that had to be done, but I mean, there are some Lauren Hill songs that are really fantastic with my fifth graders. The last couple of years, I've had them do a project zero style, like thinking routine to the, her song. Everything is everything. And it is always like a hit. The kids really like it. So, oh, cool. and it's one of my favorite songs. So, okay. Um, I'm going to have to pick your brain more on that. Once I start putting that unit together. Yeah. There's such gonna- great stuff. Yeah, I think I'm going to do my playlist project, which I'll talk about in a minute here first, and then we'll do the hip hop unit kind of like in the second quarter, I guess, probably. So what about you? What's something new you're going to try? You know, the biggest thing I'm going to try, you know, we did some some clubs like you did last year. And just to see the student choice really flourish in those environments, I am finally going to do, I think fourth grade will do an in-class recital, whether that be end up being video or in-person but, you know, they're going to do some sort of recital setting where they're going to have, you know, six to eight weeks to work on their skills. And typically that would have been recorder or it would have been keyboard, depending on which building I was in at the time. And this time I really am going to try to hold myself accountable to giving them choice. I don't think I'm going to bring recorder into it just because that's a really hard instrument to keep quiet mm-hmm. um, if the kids are all working at the same time. But I think it would be reasonable to have them break between the ukulele, potentially the guitar. I have class set of keyboards and vocalists. So if there are some kids that really just want to work on their singing and then just giving them a list of these are the skills that I'm looking to see, Mm -hmm. because I feel like there's enough commonality between those skills that they could choose to show their knowledge through any of those pathways. So this time when they do the recital, each child would have the opportunity to pick from those. That's nice. And this will be like recitals that the parents will be coming in and watching. Correct. So, and like I said, I'm, I'm not sure if we'll do video instead right? or, you know, I might even let each class decide because it's been interesting to see, like some of them prefer to have their performances pre-done And Mm -hmm. some of them do want it. So, you know, do want to invite parents in. So, and I, again, as a working parent, I kind of like that video option too. So 
honestly, I'm going to try to put some of those things to the kids, which makes me feel unplanned, but I know, I know what I want the finished product to look like. So if I need to guide them and they're being wishy-washy about it, I can certainly make the decisions for them, but yeah, either video or in person, and they're going to get to choose from those four instruments. Cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. And by fourth grade, I feel like they have enough foundational skills that they'll be able to show growth. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's, that's the big thing I'm trying. All right. Okay. So we talked about something new now onto something old. What's something (laughs) that has worked for you, worked for you really well last year and any year before that you're going to try again? Well, the kids are not getting, they're not tiring of ukuleles. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it's just so lovely. And one of the things that we were able to do, because now I've, I've been starting it in third grade in the spring, because they're just like chomping at the bit to try it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've told them, you know, if we're really like creating an environment that's community-based, then in the spring of third grade, you can try it. Mm-hmm. And then in fourth grade, we review. And by fifth grade, we got to a point where it just kind of felt like you could, it was almost like level three of the Kodai Institute, right? Like, like now we've set all the norms and now we can break them down. So it was like we would be listening to a song and it was so cool to have a fifth grader go, do I know the chords to this on ukulele? And I'm like, yeah, go grab one yeah. from the wall. And then you'd have a kid playing the ukulele while another kid's playing the piano, while another kid's on an, on a bard instrument. And it just felt really cool and yeah. organic. So so definitely making sure that they have a string instrument with with foundational chord skills is something that I feel like is going to become a a big norm in my room. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it was just really fun. What about you? So last year, I've talked a lot about Seesaw. The year before last, I used Seesaw a lot with virtual learning. And then there was a little bit of a transition trying to figure out how to use it in person because that was different than distance learning, especially since we are not a Seesaw school. So I figured that out. So I definitely want to use that more now that I'm more comfortable and the students are more comfortable with it. So I'm going to just be looking for opportunities to use Seesaw. Um, Last year, kind of on a whim, like I didn't have it in any long range plan. But uh, the students, I think, had just learned in third grade. They had just learned Ray. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, maybe I should bring out the dulcimers. Like, maybe that would be fun to do because I have these cardboard dulcimers. Yes. Closet, which I had gotten for free because there was another music teacher in the district who didn't want them. So I'm like, I'll take them. But then for like a few years, I hadn't used them. Mm-hmm. So. I got out the dulcimers and oh my goodness, those third graders were so stinking excited to use them. So I definitely want to do that again. I think I'm actually going to start off the fourth grade year with having them do some dulcimers and, you know, reviewing pentatonic and then so cool. Do, yeah. And then kind of move them to ukulele from there. I think dulcimer is really nice as a like a way to kind of start them off before they play ukulele because then they get used to like putting their finger on a fret pushing the string down hard do you know what I mean but it's like I totally agree yeah yeah so yeah and I even had I may have talked about this before but I've had students who did did not seem very engaged in music class who were super excited about the dulcimer so definitely want to do that again Uh, so I think I'll do it like at the beginning of fourth grade but then also at the end of third grade have you ever used the dulcimer and a rhythm stick to to show them how a slide works? I have tried that on my own, but yeah, I haven't showed that to them. So I really should. Okay. That was something that I showed the kids too, like, and they were super engaged with, because I borrowed your dulcimers a couple years ago to do a yeah. little blues activity. Yeah. And um, 
and just gave them that experimental option of like, okay, well, you could slide from fret two to five. And like, how does that change the sound? And right. yeah, I just find them super engaging. Yeah. That's I think so exciting. The dulcimers came with like these little wooden sliders. They're like little wooden dowels. Yep. To find where they are. But yeah, they came with something like that that you could use. And so even it's smaller than a rhythm stick. But yeah. yeah. And it yeah. was kind of cool. Like you could even, depending on the skill you wanted to try, you could talk about like legato versus staccato, like the, yeah. getting that like sliding motion and how that's like a slur or, you know, however you wanted to, yeah. to play with it. That's so yeah. cool. I can't wait yeah. to see how it goes. Yeah. And then fifth grade, I did that big playlist project last year that I know I've talked about before where they got, they had a bunch of different playlists to listen to and they chose their favorite song from each list. And one of the playlists they helped create, like they gave me suggestions and then I had to listen to a bunch of songs and make sure they were appropriate, Yeah, um, which a lot of them weren't, but that's okay. We figured out a good list. And then they researched using, you know, some of the tools that they've used like in library or in their, in their grade level classroom. And they came up with morning announcements and, and, created Google slides, which was kind of fun because it was like the design aspect of, you know, bringing in fonts and bringing in images and, you know, making something pretty. So that was really fun. And then I also with fifth grade did genius hour, which I'm actually going to do a deep dive on that in the next podcast episode. So I'm not going to go into it a lot right now, but that was also really fun. You did something kind of similar to that, didn't you? Yes. Yes. We, we actually did it as a club. We called it music lab. Oh, but, that's um, and the kids had four, like they did it for the, the whole month. They came in every Thursday and they chose to do it, but it was really cool. They, to, to be a part of the club, they had to set a goal with me. And mm-hmm. I said, you can use any material in the room, but you have to set this goal. Like, how are you going to grow? And it was cool. I mean, the kids were really into it. Yeah. The hardest part was when you give kids choice, we don't have, we don't have like practice rooms. You know, like, like I I want there to be like a a way for that sound to be blocked out. And it's really hard. Yeah. That was probably the biggest challenge was that the kids were really engaged and then were distracted by each other, not in that like behavioral way, but like, you know, just by the fact that sound carries. Yeah. That would, in retrospect, I wish I had come up with that idea or figured out that idea more during distance learning. I think actually, now that I'm saying that out loud, maybe I did kind of do something. It was just, it wasn't fully formed, but I did kind of like that with distance learning, but it does work really well at home because then they have, you know. Well, and that's why I liked it as a club because it was before school and they were kids that I knew really wanted to be there and were really engaged and had set their own personal goals. So I could say, go down this hallway and didn't have to worry about them like doing something they weren't supposed to do. So I, so I've had a harder time with how I want to picture genius hour. And I know it's me. I haven't processed it, but to have a class of general ed kids that maybe some of them are less engaged or less autonomous at the time. If they're not independent enough, then sometimes that's its own roadblock. So yeah, yeah, I still need to pick your brain about it. Sometimes I just get stuck on how I picture it. Yeah. Well, and like, sometimes I hear a really good like idea for a classroom teacher and Mm -hmm. that's how genius hour was for me for a while. Like I want to do something like that, but I have to adapt it. And I really had to think through how can I adapt this? And it's not, I'm sure I'll adapt it more next time I do it, but it worked out pretty well, but I'm sure I'll keep tweaking it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, I couldn't just say, yeah. I couldn't just say like research anything you want. 
you know, A, because we don't have enough time and B, because it is music class. So I wanted it to be somewhat musically related, you know? Right. I think that's where I get, you know, caught up to, especially with the upper grades, we see them less in our schedule. And so if they're not making, if they're not the ones actively making music, how much time can I take? to do it. You know, like if they're researching a concept and then they go multiple weeks without like making the music that always worries me, you know, because then I'll lose them overall. Whereas in our district, third and fourth grade, there's a traveler. So I tend to be more comfortable experimenting at those levels because then I know they still have an experience where they're going to make music with another teacher. Right. You know? Yeah. But I want fifth grade to be like lab based. I want them to try whatever they yeah. want, but I also want them making music. Yeah. It's so tough. Yeah. I think something that helped is a lot of times when I did a genius hour lesson, it wasn't just genius hour. Like we, w- we would do a little. Bit of well, of lesson. course. Yeah. I yeah. didn't assume that it was. Sorry. My dog is saying hello. No, it's no, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, that was fun to talk about things we're doing, what the school year will look like. Anything else you want to add? No, this is great. It's just nice to talk through things. I hope everyone listening has, you know, a thought partner like that too. And if not, hopefully us talking about it gets their brain back in that space. Yeah, for sure. All right. You want to talk about what we're consuming? Always. All right. So I'm sure I've talked about the show on some previous podcast episode, but it's been a while. So we are almost done watching the last season of Better Call Saul. Do you watch it? No, but I know you love it. And at some point I need to make it, I don't know, my treadmill show or something like while I'm, yeah. you know, down in the basement walking. Yeah. Do you have I need to watch Breaking it. Bad? I didn't. I think that's why I didn't get into the spinoff because I did not watch Breaking Bad. It is truly, they are both Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul are truly like some of the best television you're going to find, in my opinion. That's so cool. <laughs> so highly recommend. But yeah, we're, I think we just have a few episodes left. So it's just really good. It's just really good. Okay. Yeah. I won't say anymore. I mean, you've, you've never steered me wrong. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a so- lot of the spinoff is not nearly as good as the original. I wasn't, we weren't sure what to expect because it's a spinoff, but it is, it is really good. What about you? What awesome. do you think? Well, you know, I know a lot of people make jokes about like people watching true crime and stuff like murder shows. We I- took this like crazy deep dive on cult shows this summer, partially because we made it two and a half, two years. And then this summer in July, we got COVID all three of us. So we were just sitting mm-hmm. around with COVID. Mm-hmm. With mild symptoms, which we're so grateful for and not missing work, which we're so grateful for. But, you know, still doing what you're supposed to do and staying home. And and so we watched, my husband and I watched all these cult documentaries. We started with with a show, a a limited series, which I would highly recommend called Under the Banner of Heaven, which is is a true story, a true crime that was cast with Andrew Garfield. And I don't remember the lead female's name, but she was just also in the book adaptation of Where the Crawdads Sing. So, uh, so, so that actress, and it was so good and so engaging, so interesting. It's all about the differences between LDS and FLDS, which is, you know, Latter-day Saints versus fundamentalists. And it, this was a crime in the eighties. So then we started watching all these cult shows. 
Oh, I find that stuff fascinating. So I'm glad you're so talking. fascinating. And then we always need a palate cleanser. So, um, <laughs> right. Cause it's like, we just watch this like super intense, like sometimes scary or dark uh-huh. thing. And then I'm like, I need something silly to watch. So sometimes it's hot ones, which we love. Do you know hot ones? No. Okay. It's, it's actually a YouTube show, which I highly recommend to you. It is an interview show and they're only like 15, 20 minutes where a celebrity is brought onto the show and interviewed while eating increasingly hotter ways. Oh. So like, they're like sweating answering these questions. Hilarious. It's hilarious. So we, we alternate between watching hot ones, which is just always entertaining. Uh-huh. It never lets us down. And uh, most recently he interviewed Lizzo and it was hilarious. Okay. And um, check that out. And now we've also put in the rotation a show called Loot, which is on Apple TV and has Maya Rudolph, who is like one of my. Yes, we watched. Like the- I look up to that. her. Did you, did you find it funny? Yes. But we okay. did. There's so many shows that we're watching that sometimes we can. Right. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so we'll have like to return two, to that. Two or episode two or three, we started laughing out loud. Okay. And we were just like, okay, this is a good palate cleanser. We'll watch yeah. this after our cult shows. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean, though. I do. You know what is also a good palate cleanser is um, Queer Eye. I love Queer Eye. I and I loved Jonathan Van Ness's Getting Curious. Did you watch any of those? No. Oh, these are great. They remind me of, because we're you and I are Sesame Street generation, right? Like, mm-hmm. like we watched, what was it? The There was Sesame Street and then there was, there was another show like Sesame Street for us in like the late 70s and 80s. I can't remember what it's called. Like anyway. House Rock or. Yes. Yes. Something like okay. that. So. So do you remember on Sesame Street when there would be segments where like, I remember distinctly them going to like a saxophone factory mm-hmm. and there was a crayon factory, right? Like yeah. where they would like go on site somewhere and show you how stuff was made. It is the adult version of that. Oh, like, with Jonathan, Jonathan, with Van Jonathan Van Ness. Like, oh, like, he's like I want to know how they make junk food. And he like puts on a hairnet and goes to the factory. <laughs> That's awesome. It is so great. So okay, when you need we'll a palate cleanser that out. after your next cult show. Okay. Yeah. I had never called it a palate cleanser before, but I have done that. <laughs> like, okay, I've watched too many murder shows. I've watched too many episodes of Dateline. What can I put on? Sometimes it's The Office. Yeah. Recently yes. with Queer Eye. And to- that's just like, it's a still high quality. It's not that it's not good. It's just, it's just calmer and yeah. less, not about less on your yeah. brain. <laughs> And less murder, maybe <laughs> less murdery. Yeah. And then, I mean, finally, I know you've been through this, but we decided to do a kitchen renovation. So that's been like so fun. Yeah. It's just nice to put on a different like hat. Yeah, for sure. And again, we were stuck at home for almost three weeks with COVID. So we were picking oh out like gosh. tiles and three stuff from weeks. home. Well, because we all got it staggered, right? Five days apart. Oh my gosh. So thank goodness there are only three of us because. Yeah. We were stuck at home for the maximum amount of days, which is fine in the summer. And it's been very hot. So, right. Yes. So, you know, I, I have no regrets because we were all able to recover at home, but we got to pick out kitchen stuff while we sat on the couch. That's good. All right. Well, it was so good to talk to you and, and you as well, always through the new year. All right. Good luck. Yeah. And for those of you listening, good luck to you and with your school year. I hope it starts off on the right foot. 
And I hope <laughs> these ideas are helpful to you. For sure. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. All right, everyone. Have a good day. Bye.